0: welcome to the gilbo Girls show where you will have the opportunity to hear from mothers fathers siblings and individuals themselves about their journey of living with a disability i know i know it's called gilbo girls but we have a bonus for you as we get the gilbo boys to interview some of the dads and siblings to get their perspectives too we'll also have special guests from time to time to share the many resources that are available to those living with a disability and their families So get ready to laugh, smile, cry, maybe even get a little angry when you hear some of those stories of their day-to-day struggles. But let's not forget their many triumphs. As they say, it takes a village, and if it weren't for our village, we wouldn't be where we are today. So join us. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Gilbo Girl Show. I'm your host, Karen Gilbo, and today's guest is Michelle Steiner. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yes,
1: she did. Perfect.
0: Michelle is a disability writer, advocate, and paraeducator. She has published articles on the Mighty Nonverbal Learning Project, Dyscalcula Blog. Now, did I pronounce that correctly?
1: Uh, It's either dyscalculia or dyscalculia. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, see, I'm glad I asked because I would not have been able to do that. <laughs> um, all right, let's see if I can get this one. The Reluctant Spoonie. Hey, mm-hmm. uh, imagine the world as one magazine and word gathering. Recently, she began a blog called Michelle's Mission, where she blogs about disability and shares her love for photography. Her photographs were featured in Word Gathering and Independent and Work Ready. She works as a paraeducator in a school with students with disabilities and currently resides in Pennsylvania with her husband and two cats. So welcome. Thank you so much for for being on the show, sharing your story. So I'm excited to have you. Well, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I appreciate it. You're welcome. So there's so much that, that I want to discuss. But first, before we start, let's start with sharing um, what disabilities you live with. And this is a multi-part question. Um, mm-hmm. When you were diagnosed and how they affect you.
1: Okay. I have uh, dyscalculia or dyscalculia, which is uh, a math learning disability. I never heard I- of it. Yeah. <laughs> and I also have limited hand dexterity in both of my hands. And I have visual perception issues. Now, I was diagnosed whenever I was a young child with having a learning disability. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was not a real specific one. It was just more of a blanket term that they gave uh, that you my teacher could see I was struggling with math, uh, my eye hand coordination. And I had just a general term of learning disability. And we knew that the visual perception was going to be an issue. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when I was an adult, I got diagnosed with having limited hand dexterity in both of my hands. And while it may not say dyscalculia on my uh, eval, every single one I've had as an adult has all said math handicapped. So that has been one thing.
0: So let Um, me ask you, is this, because I honestly don't know, that's what I'm asking. uh So is that similar to, like, dyslexia? Because dyslexia is with with words, so is, math, is it like...
1: Well, it is with, mine is not necessarily, isn't with words, it's with numbers, but I don't see numbers backwards. It's, uh, I have a lot of difficulty with with numbers. I have trouble with um, understanding how they work. So... Uh, if you give me a math problem, I might forget some of the steps that, that I have to do. I, can, I can't I can tell time on the face of a clock. Okay. So I can see the hands and I can see the, the numbers, but I really don't know how that works. So I use a digital watch.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And I also have trouble with concepts such as east and west, south, n- north.
0: <laughs> I can I tell you everything that you are describing is what my daughter has issues with and I've never even heard of that. So she has oh, wow. cortical so she has cortical vision impairment. And okay. and so we always chalked it up to that, but she has never been consistent with math. Like one day she would kind of be on it, and the next day she would totally say the wrong things and didn't uh-huh. understand it, and then swap out, you know, multiplication, vision, all of that. Yeah. And she cannot get her right from her left. That, that was yeah. the life of her. And uh-huh. we have tried multiple things. Oh my gosh, I'm just like ah, I have these aha moments. Um, so we've even gone as far as trying. Okay, we put um, different colored shoelaces in her shoes to see. Okay, this is okay. your right side, the one that has the bright pink shoelace. When she was using her canes, my mother made um the um like little cloths, and we would put uh-huh. the just the thing up in the cloth. That's your right. She still couldn't get it on her wheelchair and her walker. We put um little uh like the, what is it called? The felt things that are hard or soft, you know, sticky things to try and help her. Now they're trying to do like the, I don't know what it's called. She told me, but I forget, but it's like some tactile thing on her back. Um, Hmm. But like all of this stuff that you're explaining is like, oh my gosh, I feel like you're like explaining my daughter and I have never, ever heard of this.
1: Yeah, a lot of people haven't. We've heard of this uh, dyslexia. Yeah. A lot of people haven't heard of a lot of math-based disabilities. And I didn't realize because uh, how it was going to affect me as an adult. When I, was a, when I was a kid in school, definitely we could see it with math. I couldn't remember all uh, my fact families. I can't tell you <laughs> uh, addition and subtraction ones off the top of my head. And I struggled with a lot of the, you know, with with just, you know, in that concept. And we knew that I wasn't very coordinated. And anytime a ball came in my field of vision, I would blink, we, we knew that. Uh, and then we knew driving would be an issue. But, and it's not possible for me to drive because we had the evaluation, okay. but it's just everything started to make a lot more sense. sense. Once I became an adult, oh, this is just not isolated. This is connected with having dyscalculia. This is what, uh, you know, is, is what affects people. Because a lot of times we think, oh, learning disabilities. Oh, they once, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. Once they're, um, once they're, uh, they graduate from school, you're, you're done with it and they, they stay with you. But as an adult, you know how to deal with them and you just learn different strategies to do that.
0: Wow. Okay. So I read an article that you wrote Mm-hmm. called turning my pain into purpose. And it's mm-hmm. such a powerful piece. Like when I read that, I'm like, all right, cause I always do my research on, you know, okay, <laughs> what kind of questions am I going to ask them? And, you know, I always feel like I need to be prepared and also let you guys know what I'm going to ask. And I just kept going back to this and I'm like, I just grasped on it and was like, I, I got to talk about this. So you talk about post-traumatic growth and that mm-hmm. the concept of growth after a trauma involves five categories. There's personal strength, improved relationships with others, new possibilities in life, spiritual change, and growing appreciation for life. And that these sections are designed for the people, for the person to work through over a long period of time. So then you went on to state that having a learning disability has caused you to develop a post-traumatic growth with the stigma and trauma that have accompanied, you know, with it. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into it. So I think (laughs) it is, it's such an important topic that's rarely discussed. And that's, I'm like, you could like your message can help so many others out there. Like it, it was very powerful. So with that being said, um, I just want to thank you for being a guest on the show again, thank you. And for more importantly, for being open and honest and willing Mm -hmm. to share your story and be vulnerable. Um, so with your experiences. So in there, you stated that having personal strength has been an important part of healing in your life. So can you elaborate on that for us?
1: Well, I think definitely having that strength to be able to go on has been so important. And I think uh, a lot of times with strength, we don't realize that that is sometimes the the struggle is either going to weaken you or it's going to make you stronger. Mm -hmm. If you look at someone that goes to the gym and they lift weights, that's how they get their muscles to be strong. And if they didn't do that, they wouldn't have strong muscles. And the same is goes with someone that has a disability. It's going to be something that you're either going to say, okay, this is going to weaken me or I'm going to use this and I'm going to uh, become a stronger person because of it. And I know that, whenever I do go into a rough patch, uh, now as an adult, I can look back and say, okay, I went through this whenever I was younger, I got through it. I was stronger. And that gives me a lot more hope than I have when I was younger.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what about, um, so you wrote in the article that improved relationships with others has also been a benefit of your post-traumatic growth experience. So you can, uh, and this is also a several part question. Can you share some of those struggles along with those relationships and how they have been improved and what uh, steps were taken to improve them?
1: I think sometimes uh, some of the relations, some of the situations that appeared when I was younger was I really struggled socially uh, as as a kid in school, definitely having a learning Mm -hmm. disability in that small school that I went to really made me stand out and not in a positive way and i can remember just uh feeling like i didn't belong and i eventually whatever what helped me was i started to hang out with some students that were in a group um in, in a school that, uh, a few a little further away from where i was at that had an art program and i found acceptance and that is one of the things that helped me out Mm -hmm. And I all it also led me to uh, reach out to other people in the community that was a big thing I I still am friends with uh, the uh, writing group uh, 20 some years later we still meet once a month to write and we're still involved with each other's lives, and that relationship helped me to improve. also with my family too because my parents didn't give up on me when I was little it was hard because I would come home and I we would spend a lot of frustrating homework sessions sometimes I wanted to do well they wanted me to do well but we were I was having a really hard time but my parents were the ones that encouraged me but also helped me accountable that I had to go to school even if they knew I was going to take a test and not do well and as long as I was doing my best, my parents were were satisfied with that. So that's some of the, the relationships that improved. And, and I think being able to help others out also mm-hmm. helps me too, because I work in a school with students who have disabilities. So I understand when they come to me and say, well, you don't know what it's like to have everybody hate you. I'm like, oh, I, I have some stories about that mm-hmm. so I can relate to that. And I can also relate to when they struggle with with a lot of their work and and the same, that whenever I work now with my blog, uh, I might have people that might contact me and say, Oh, I have a disability too. Mm -hmm. And it's that connection that I wouldn't have had if I wouldn't have gone through life with a disability.
0: Exactly. It's so true. And I did listen to one of your, um, uh, another podcast show that mm-hmm. you were on and I want to see, cause I think I wrote it in there. Um, what you had said and it, it did, it gutted me. I was like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, my heart just like poured out. But you talked about how, how you struggled socially in school, um, that you were frequently bullied because of your disability mm-hmm. and you had the negative view of, of yourself in life. Um, and you said that you could share your reputation of being the screw up, That it haunted you during your school years. So you felt like you were a screw up and you weren't. Like that, like, you know, that breaks my heart that that was how you felt through that and that you were rejected. And um, it was, yeah, when you were talking about that, how you, I was like, so... Another important part of post-traumatic growth is Mm -hmm. discovering new life possibilities. So let's dive into those next. You wrote that people have often tried to limit you. Um, Can you expand on those experiences and what helped you discover those new possibilities?
1: Sure. I can remember, I knew I wanted to go to college, but of course I was nervous, uh, especially with the math. I knew that was going to be a challenge and I was doing really well in my other classes. And I thought, Oh, how am I going to be able to handle um college level work? And I wasn't alone in my fears. I had a learning support teacher who said, I don't think you can go to college. And she she suggested that I go to a trade school, even though nothing there interested me. And I decided I was going to go to college. I got involved with the Office for Vocational Rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. And in order to receive services from them, they I had to get tested for having a learning disability again. Mm-hmm. And I've never been a great test taker. And when I went to take the test, I got really low scores. And the psychiatrist who evaluated me initially said, most likely won't go beyond a community college. And, and I can just remember that was really That's hard to kidding. hear all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then when I got to community college... I had a professor who told me that I'd have limited job choices and people that really, uh, a lot of my peers, they didn't believe in using accommodations. They thought they gave me an unfair advantage. So I didn't use them. And that was a mistake. My grades dropped. Mm -hmm. And after I graduated from high school, I mean, college, I was able to move out on my own. I worked in some, Uh, temporary jobs, uh, working with kids, loved it, had my own apartment in a central location. So that was really nice, not being able to drive, but I always wanted more for myself. And then when I went back to, um, after a while, financially, I had to move back in with my parents again and my job downsized. And I can remember, I thought this is the time to go back to university. And I was able to go back. I found a program that had the least amount of math and science possible. Mm -hmm. And I used all the accommodations. I had a note taker. I had extended test time. There were still people who didn't think that that was fair, but I just kind of learned to silence that voice and go Mm -hmm. on. And I was able to graduate with a bachelor's degree, despite being told I couldn't. And even after I graduated, I found some other work, but I still found other people that would limit me. I can remember I had, uh, I thought, well, maybe I want to go back to grad school. Mm-hmm. So I had to pass a test and I needed accommodations and my evaluation was old. So they made me go back and get evaluated again. And that's what we found out. I had limited hand dexterity. And they all, at one evaluation, they, uh, had me put down what I wanted to do with my life. And I thought, okay, I have my bachelor's degree. I know what I like. I thought maybe doing, writing news articles, maybe doing uh, things like, you know, putting together stories. And the the psychiatrist put on there that that would be beyond my capabilities. (laughs) And I just find that really funny that Uh I... Yeah, I can do that. I've been doing a lot of stuff with that. The things they told me I couldn't do.
0: Wow. And you're an amazing writer, too, reading all the blogs and stuff like, you
1: know, <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. And, and that was really, hard. you know, hard to hear, too. Yeah. And they because I don't score well on their tests that involve um, mechanical reasoning and math
0: mm-hmm. that
1: they don't think that I can handle other job aspects.
0: Right. Mm, 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 mm. What about uh okay spiritual change? Can you share with the listeners what your relationship with God was growing up and how it has evolved over the years up until today?
1: Sure. Well, I grew up Catholic, so I definitely knew that you know there was God was definitely in the picture, but I didn't have that much of a relate um the relational part my family, yeah. and I we went to church and definitely were involved, and I can remember just wondering how God could have ever used this disability for any good. And it wasn't until he slowly started to show me, well, this is why I have this disability for you. And I got involved with another church that um, took a couple tries to find one my husband and I liked, but mm-hmm. one that definitely was more of a relationship. Uh, but I thank my parents for the experience they did give me. And, but I got to see some of the purpose behind having that, the people that I get to help. Uh And even recently, I can remember I was really struggling in a class because I can, the kids all know I cannot help them with math. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I'm in a science class, the math spills Mm -hmm. over Mm -hmm. and I can't help them. And I was really frustrated. And I can remember, I just looked up and I said, okay, why do you have me in this room? You know, I can't do this. And there was a kid that was crying and I got, a I got a chance to go over to him and he was really frustrated because he couldn't understand this. And I got that chance to get down on eye level with him. And I mm-hmm. told him that I know it's really hard with math and I have a disability too. And if he gets frustrated, I want him to let me know so we can get him the help that he needs. And I just heard this voice saying, "Yeah, this is why I put you here. Not to teach him math, but to be there for that
0: student." student. You're like making me, oh my, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's so true oh chills okay the last category of the post-traumatic growth is an appreciation for life so you stated that when you first received the diagnosis as a small child that you didn't have much appreciation for it can you expand on your growth in this area over the different stages and seasons of your life um, if you will where where you began to appreciate your life your disability for for that matter
1: In the very beginning, I certainly didn't appreciate a lot of it. I can remember looking at my life thinking, being in despair as a young child, thinking that things were never going to get better. And learning was always going to be really hard for me. And this was what the rest of my life was going to look like. And I didn't think things would get any better. And my my family encouraged me. My dad told me, you know, things are really going to work out for you. And of course, you're a kid and you don't think that. Mm -hmm. But as I got older, and I got to start to see things I was good at, such as reading and writing and photography. I found that if I focused on doing those, that I felt more empowered than if I focused on what I couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And I just had a more appreciation for, for life. I mean, I saw that things were working out. And I learned to uh, how, how to solve problems. And I think that was the big thing because the mm-hmm. disability wasn't going to go away. But I learned how to deal with that and Mm -hmm. just an appreciation for having the disability. And it really didn't turn out to be the thing that was going to hurt me or harm me. It's something that could be really helpful for myself and for other people.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So what advice would you give for those going through these states of post-traumatic growth? The
1: advice that I would give them is definitely to hang in there and to see that there is going to be a purpose out of the pain. Uh, They may not see it right away, but eventually there will be a purpose behind that or a lesson or just a different way that you might view life. And it's just all in how you, how you view it. Mm -hmm.
0: Did you seek out any professional help to guide you through these steps over the years to where you...
1: No, we haven't yeah i've I've been able to not yeah, I've been able to figure that out other wow. than having like with OVR, that was helpful
0: and how about um any additional resources? did you find anything helpful out there that you can share with the listeners like did you was there any I don't know, yeah, there is
1: definitely some resources that can help people um nonverbal learning project has a lot of wonderful things about people that might have uh, disabilities that are non-verbal mm-hmm. uh, with having the visual spatial things uh, th- that they struggle with, but being really strong with uh, reading and things like that. Uh, National, Le- The National Learning Disability Association also has some great advice as well. And so does understood.com. They, they give some good resources.
0: And I also wanted you to, uh, to share... Um how this, the story behind how you met your husband and the important question that he asked you that no one else had prior. And I heard that during your other interview and I'm like, I've got to ask that. (laughs) I
1: met my husband purely by, um, just, I would, I hate to say accident, but it just, I wasn't planning it It, and he wasn't either. I was volunteering at our art center and I was walking down the street and I had a red dress on. And he saw me and wondered, oh, hey, who's that girl? Where is she going? And it turns out we were going to the same place. Okay. And it turned out that uh, he was going to play guitar there that night. And then we had mutual friends. And he was also a prayer that I had. Because I had a lot of broken relationships before him. And I just was so tired of it. And I just prayed. I said, God, just send me somebody uh whenever you're ready to, but uh just send me the right person and don't send anybody else. Mm-hmm. And it was just that surrendering it. And, and he did. He sent me the right person. And eventually uh we started uh to get to know each other that summer and looking back, we were at the same place at a certain time. <laughs> and we just didn't know. And we were, we were just like lying to each other until it was the right moment. Yeah, And he finally got enough courage to ask me out. And when we went on our first date, he asked me something that nobody else had ever ha- had. I told him that I had a learning disability. Obviously he had to pick me up, but that's pretty traditional as it is. But I thought I'm just going to be really open and honest about that. Cause a lot of guys weren't okay with that. And he said, oh, how does that make you feel? And nobody else has ever asked me that
0: question. So I knew he was a keeper. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. So before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would like to share or any advice that you would like to to give?
1: I would just like to encourage people that have disabilities or even those who don't but are struggling not to give up. Things do get better and success may. Uh, come not come in the package that you expect it to, but oftentimes it comes in something much better.
0: All right. And then last but not <laughs> least. So I gift all of my guests in the US with the as a small token of appreciation for coming on um, with either a bracelet or a keychain with a token on it that I hand stamp one letter at a time, mm-hmm. a meaningful word to them, which I had sent you the flyer on. So I wanted to know if you would be willing to share what word you chose and why.
1: I think a meaningful word for me would definitely be hope. Because I think that, you know, just having that hope that things are going to get better because things can improve. And if you just keep that hope alive, then it it will get better.
0: Perfect. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. And we hope to see you all next time. So have a great day. Thanks. Thank you for joining us as we spread awareness through our personal stories and the many resources shared. You can help us by joining our village simply by sharing our show with the masses. You can also become a supporter of the show by clicking on the link in the show notes. Your funds will allow us to keep sharing these valuable, heartfelt stories and resources. Be sure to subscribe to our Gilbo Girls podcast and YouTube show. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gilbo Girls.